Hey friends, welcome to episode 127 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. Thank you so much for stopping by and I have a great show for you today. My guest is Sarah Philpot, and she is the author of The Growing Season, A Year of Down on the Farm Devotions, and she also is the author of Loved Baby, 31 Devotions Helping You Grieve and Cherish Your Child After Pregnancy Loss. And we're talking about all of these things, and uh, her story is the heart behind these books. And we are also talking about who we actually are, who God fashioned us to be. And Sarah talks in her book about how when you plant a pumpkin seed, what do you expect to get? Well, you expect to get a pumpkin. It's no surprise. Yet oftentimes we forget we are exactly who God fashioned us to be. And when we're our authentic selves, we're shining the light God infused within us. And I just love her book, The Growing Season, and I gave it as gifts. It came out last year, and here we are again at gift-giving season, and I know you're going to want to listen in and find out more about it because it is a beautiful book, and it makes a great gift. And how about a gift for yourself, too? And I know what Sarah has to share will encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Sarah Philpot. But first... Let's listen in to this message from Access More. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm really excited today about this show. I have my friend with me, Sarah Philpot, and she has written some really amazing books. And I read her book recently, The Growing Season, A Year of Down on the Farm Devotions, and we'll talk about that and some other things. But she is an award-winning author, and she's also a stay-at-home mom, and she just has a heart for gathering people and just enjoying God's beauty and taking time out to do that. She's also the founder of the Loved Baby Pregnancy Loss Support Group. She has written this book, but also she wrote prior to that, Loved Baby, 31 Devotions, Helping You Grieve and Cherish Your Child After Pregnancy Loss. And she has ministered to so many hearts and loves to also partner with organizations that do so. And so I am just so blessed to have you on the show today. Welcome, Sarah. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you today and get to chat with you. It was an an honor to get to meet you earlier this year in person. Uh, that was so special. I love how God does that, how he puts people together. And we had been trying to schedule to do this show and he knew just the right time. And today was it for the recording part. And so I'm looking forward to that. And I know that the listener is going to be so blessed, encouraged by your heart. And so I would love if you would share 
a little bit about your story, how the Lord leads you, and where you're taking action, where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Compassion, passion, and conviction intersect. It's a mouthful, (laughs) but it's so fabulous. So as you said, my name's Sarah, and I live on a farm in East Tennessee with my husband. We're high school sweethearts. So we just celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary, but our 25 years of being together just this past week. And we have four kids ages from 12 to two. And um, we, we just enjoy life out here on the farm. But when I think about, you know, your question, where does this all intersect and how that applies to kind of my, my present walk, I just can't stop thinking about um, the time that I just sat in my living room floor And I had been praying for weeks in advance. I had just finished um, a grueling school program, had had my second child and had been on bed rest um, with her. And I just felt a little bit off kilter, like, God, what do you want me to do in life? And so I prayed and prayed and prayed about it. And one morning I opened up my Bible and I guess I was sitting in my pajamas, you know, on the floor. And it was this pink woman's Bible written for women. And I opened it up and I'll never forget the word set, said, so you just, um, you just um, built or got a new house, earned your PhD or changed careers. How can you use what God has gifted you to bless others? Well, I about fell over because we, I was sitting in the house that we just built. I had just got my PhD, which is kind of a weird thing for a woman's Bible to kind of point <laughs> out. And my career had just changed. I'd gone from being a teacher to really being a full-time stay-at-home mom. And um, I just felt like, wow, you are speaking to me, God. So I, I really like that where, what, you know, what God has blessed you with, how can you share that with others? And so then it had a Bible verse underneath. And it was, the Bible verse was in second Samuel, but I was, I've, I was not a Bible scholar or extremely familiar with the books of the Bible in the old Testament. I'll just be very truthful with that. So I couldn't start at second Samuel. I needed to go back to first Samuel. So that way I knew the entire story. And I started reading first Samuel and as probably all of your listeners know, I didn't, but as all of your listeners know, it's the story of Hannah and how she climbs the mountain and cries out tears to God because of her infertility. And, you know, she was just crying to the point that the priest thought she was drunk and she was crying out her heart to him. And, um, she was just reassured by God in that story. And, um, I just started sobbing tears because what I didn't tell you was that prior to the birth of my second daughter, I had had two miscarriages and it had really sent me as it does most women on an emotional roller coaster full of anxiety and depression. And I honestly was even unsure if it was something I was supposed to grieve. this tiny little being in my body, even though I knew that life begins at conception, it just felt so abstract. Mm. And I almost felt guilty for the level of grief that I was feeling. And that story of Hannah just really showed me that this unmet desire for a child is worthy of mourning. It's worthy of grief. It is worthy of our attention so much so that there is an entire Bible, um, you know, chapter which starts out with the story of Hannah. And it just gave me such a, such a feeling of love. So 
I have that experience. I have the the praying for how can God, how can you use me? And I went back to that original statement in the Bible. How can you use the gifts or the talents God has blessed you with? And I was thinking, I don't understand how this is all supposed to intersect. And then it hit me. I had um, just finished my PhD program where I found I loved qualitative research. I loved writing. And I just was convicted beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was supposed to write a book for women to show them the same compassion that um, God and Jesus had given me during the experiences that I'd had of pregnancy loss. And so that led me on this path of um, writing Loved Baby which is a book of devotions written for women who experience miscarriage and stillbirth and compiling stories of women and men and scriptures and grief research and putting it all together in a book. And so that's a time where I truly felt all three of those intersected, my passion, my conviction. And um, it was an amazing way that um, God led me. He didn't show me the ending, but each, each step of the way, he showed me a little bit of light to help keep walking toward um, that goal of helping others feel compassion. Mm. That is so beautiful how you laid that out and talked about how God showed you that day and how it was so very personal to what he was calling you to do. And it just like the pieces started to fit together and the light bulb kind of came on and and how amazing is it to open your women's Bible, right? And then to see that right there in front of you. And it just lined so perfectly up with your like right now life, you know, when you were reading it and everything. So I mm-hmm. just, it's just so encouraging. And I know that a listener right now might be going through a really difficult time and feel like maybe God's far from them or they don't think they hear from God or they they don't know how to do that but we just open our hearts and ask him you know and so um so I just love that and how he used this very difficult seasons to minister and show you what to do to help others too because how the word tells us you know we go through these things we can help other people with um you know, their pain. And so I think that's just so beautiful. And I know because we've had that in our family, I haven't personally experienced it, but we have had in our family um, situations of child loss and infertility issues and things like that. So do you work closely with organizations or do you like connect with hospitals or how do you get that word out to get, get the book message out? It's been very organic. I just felt like the whole entire time that my calling was to write the book and then other people kind of like, I guess I, um, you know, there's someone that makes, that makes tackle Mm -hmm. their job is to make tackle. And then the, the fishermen put it together and they catch the fish and then the fish are used for sustenance for others. So we each kind of have our own small role. So I've been able to connect to women one-on-one, but in my heart of hearts, I knew that the best the the place that women go after they experience this, they go online and Google, you know, miscarriage, stillbirth, and they just start trying to find resources. So I'm just happy to be a resource that others can use during that. And one of the organizations, though, that I have recently um, worked with is CareNet, which is the big umbrella for pregnancy resource centers for um, women who find a lot of them are for women who find themselves in unplugged pregnancies. 
but um, they gave me an opportunity to speak at their conference. So that way, uh, many of the organizations are already ministering to women with miscarriage and stillbirth, but this just allowed me to speak into the hearts of that this is a, a felt need and a way for them to further their reach um, for women. So I've been able to, to work with them. And then also just women who have a heart for helping others and they just create care packages. And sometimes they use my book and um, ship it out to different women throughout the United States. So it's just kind of an organic, organic um, ministry, mm -hmm. I guess is the best way mm -hmm. to say it. Yeah. I love how you're using the term organic too, that it's organically getting out there being a farm girl. Yes. And <laughs> when I, when I got your book, I got the t-shirt that says farm girl. I didn't wear it. I didn't think to wear it, but I love it. And so, um, how long in between? Cause that was that like 2017 that you wrote that book or when, when did that book come out? It was. So that book was published in 2017. Uh -huh. Yes. Okay. And then you have the growing season, which is a really cool devotional too. And it connects with farm life and just all the metaphors of that. And it's just like, if you could tell us a little bit about what brought this book to your heart and how did God lead you to write this? Oh, this book. I love the growing season. It's such a, it's such a fun book after writing um, about trials and speaking into the heart of women with loved baby. Um, the growing season was just such a fun, fresh of breath air. So it was just on my heart. I would just walk outside and um, accompany my husband on a lot of his tasks. And instead of like wanting to learn how to necessarily do the task, I would always find myself just finding all these analogies, like just seeing the word of God come to life through the growing, through the growing of the pumpkins, through the planting, through the harvesting, through the pruning. And it was just such a tangible thing that I could see and I could touch. And I just wanted to share that with other readers. So I was able to craft 52 devotions. So it's one devotion for every week of the year and it's seasonal. Some people read it all, you know, just as one book, but some people go through it one, um, one devotion at a time. And it's just really meant to mm -hmm. encourage women to help us all stop and see how we're part of this larger creation of God's world and how to step back and, and breathe in and enjoy all that he has created. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. It's just really meant to encourage women to help us all stop and see how we're part of this larger creation of God's world and how to step back and, and breathe in and enjoy all that he has created. It is so cool, too, how you were saying, you know, just to see how things are. And I love this section in the book because it's funny you would actually say, talk about the pumpkins, because there was a part of the book that I was wanting to read. Um, and it's going to be when you all get the book, it's on page 114 and 115. Um, but I love the way you talk about this. You tell us to go out in our gardens, our yards, in our neighborhood parks, and take a gander at the plants they are there and that it's who they are like they're who they are God, God created them exactly that way and it says here um yeah it says they are what they are aren't they they're exactly how God designed them to be when he first crafted the seeds that would go into the earth 
A pumpkin seed goes into the ground and out pops a pumpkin. A zinnia seed goes into the ground and out blooms a zinnia. It's really not a surprise that what is put in the earth is what blooms out of it. And God infused in into each of us when he created us in the womb different seeds that would bloom. He didn't mess up with us either, which I love. And then it goes on to say, God put a seed of, con- of constant encouragement into one of my friends and out blooms encouragement. God put a seed of teaching into another of my friends and out blooms teaching. God loves uniqueness. He loves variety. As ex- the expression goes, it takes all kinds. The plants out of my garden are, con- are content. They have an assurance that God didn't mess up when he made them. I never see a blackberry trying to be a soybean or a cucumber pining to be a tomato. Farm gal, God loves you. He made you. He crafted you. He didn't make you a weed or a bramble. When you are in Christ, you will bloom all sorts of goodness. That is so amazing. I love how you said that all and threw in there too the comparison thing, you know, and and that. So I, I love that part so much. And I, it's such a, an amazing book. And that really struck me. I had that part specifically um, highlighted to say in the show because I wanted people to get a taste of what it was um, like to get this book and go through it so um, so I love that and I love that you live on a farm and I imagine that there's all kinds of things that have to happen as the seasons change right there are it is every single day I look outside and there's going to be something new that's in bloom or in harvest or busyness and it's just a wonderful way to to look outside. I um, right now we're going to be able to start gathering muscadines, and we don't have like rows and rows. We're not a vineyard full of muscadines, but we have some crops that and plants that we just use for fun. And um, so I love the muscadines, and we're starting to to um, to gather those and start eating them. And it always reminds me that the blooming of the muscadines relates back to the pruning that happens in the spring. So much like the blackberries, I tell in the book of a story of in the springtime, my husband and I and our family, we were um, pruning the blackberries. And I was asking him, you know, why, why are we doing this? Some of these are alive. Why are we cutting these back? And, you know, Perry just said, well, you know, you to, um, to grow a little, you've got to cut a little. And I thought, oh, you know, that's so true in God's real world of creativity the muscadines can only bloom if some have been cut back. And it's also true in our personal lives as well. It was a time when I was taking on too many tasks and that message really helped me stop and realize that God doesn't want me to be stressed out and exhausted because he had even used those exact words. He said, if these vines can't see the sunshine, if the vines are too heavy, they're going to get stressed and then nothing's going to bloom when it's at harvest time. And it was such a message that I think all of us um, really need to to take in that we have to sometimes cut back on a little of the good, even um, obviously the bad, we need to cut back the bad parts of our, you know, of our lives, mm-hmm. but even sometimes the good, we have to, we have to prune a little bit so that we can be as what you just read, those radiant creatures that God prepared for us to be. Yeah, what a great picture. And I love you bringing that out about the pruning and how 
it's a great reminder that we also have to allow the Lord to prune some even good things from our lives. And when you're talking about um, the muscadine, and they're really sweet ones, right? They're like the sweet yes, variety. Yes, they're very sweet. Um, yes. Yeah, so that that's makes it even more sweet. Um, and so how <laughs> you know your husband was explaining that and how we have to have that happen in our lives for us to bear much fruit as the word tells us and that we don't have to worry about trying to produce it on our own. It's God who produces the fruit through us and he is the vine dresser. So that's really amazing how you can get that right visual in your mind and especially when you're on the farm and you are walking through all of these beautiful fields of whatever is blooming in that particular season so that that's really cool and so how did you um first of all you wrote the book and then did you get a lot of response back for people who wanted to know more about like how they can relate and farm in their own lives or how does that work? Cause I love the, I, ho- I love the whole farm thing. And I know people probably think it's very um, like glamorous, but it's, it's not easy work, right? <laughs> it is. It's so funny because there's always people who um, imagine farming is what we see on television where, you know, the white, the white rooms, the shiplap, all the boots lined up when really it is um, oftentimes just a muddy mess. I've got four kids. And so we are always dealing with shoes and boots and mud from outside and grass and them playing. And my husband coming home, you know, may have um, hay all over him and we go outside. And so it's very funny to see people who are interested in farming, but they very quickly realize that it is it is a hands-on, all-in task, mm-hmm. but that it brings so much enjoyment <laughs> in life. And there's so much um, opportunity for us to to have fun and, and see God's creation. Yeah. How wonderful it is, too, because you have so many teachable moments. And you even having teaching in your background, too, to be able to use these things in the lives of your children, to be able to teach them a lot of God's principles and, you know, the things that he uses it because he uses a lot of that in, in the Bible, you know, with the earth and the dirt and the seeds and, and watering and all of that. So that's pretty exciting stuff. So what do you primarily have on your farm? What kind of farm uh, is yours primarily? So it was founded um, as a tobacco farm. And we, um, you know, there's a lot of history with that, but thankfully that is a bygone era on our farm. Um, my husband and I have been married 18 years and probably the first decade of our marriage, we, we went out of tobacco, um, farming and we had always raised black Angus cattle, but we increased our production of that. So we're black Angus cattle producers Mm -hmm. and we have row crops, which like soybeans and, and corn. And then for fun, we have in our backyard, watermelons and blackberries and muscadines and just a, you know, a normal garden. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of things um, going on, but primarily that's the type of of farm we are. We have black Angus cattle. Mm. Wow. That's the good, the Angus. (laughs) That's that's good stuff. (laughs) It is. It's great stuff. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. And um, yeah, I love that you also have those other sweet things in your yard for 
your pleasure and for others to enjoy just to have those things there for you. And then you have, because you were talking about pumpkins, right? So yes. you've got those. Are they are they doing that now? Or? They do. Usually by the end of September, the 1st of October, we'll start having lots of pumpkins come in. And that's just amazing. As you were talking about um, just teaching your children the lessons, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's just so um, amazing to me that we, you know, harvest pumpkins in October, mm-hmm. but we plant the seeds for the pumpkins in June. Mm-hmm. And we have to always think ahead and we have to prepare the ground. And that's a great lesson for our kids to see how we have to prepare the ground. We have to prepare our souls. We have to prepare the soil. We have to make sure sure that it's good soil, that we're taking care of the seeds when they go in, in the same way that we have to stay firmly planted in Christ in our spiritual lives Mm -hmm. in order for the growth to happen. Yeah. And it's so interesting, I'm sure to see that, you know, when you plant something I am not good with planting. Okay. I'll just have to say right off. I do not have what they call green thumbs or any like skills or talents in that department at all, but I'm glad that other people do. And it, it is really amazing though. Cause I remember planting things or with the kids when they do science projects in school and everything. And, you know, you plant the seed and then the plant starts to grow. It's just so amazing to see that happen and the lessons that you're teaching your kids, because that goes in all different areas of our lives, you know, in, in finances, you have to have weight on this, you have to invest wisely, you know, and all of those things to see things bloom and, um, and save up and all of that. And then just how we live our lives, planting seeds in the lives of other people. And we might not see the fruit, you know, we may never see the fruit that comes from that, but it it will eventually, you know, God will do a work because nothing we do is wasted. So that's really cool. So tell us more about your ministry and, and how the listener can connect with you or if they would love you to come and speak and what kind of things do you um, like to talk about? Because I know you do share a lot with the pregnancy loss, which is such an important ministry that you have. So tell us more about that. So, yeah. So if anyone wants to connect, I'm on Facebook, Sarah Philpot. I'm also on Instagram, Sarah Philpot. And my website says all of that. It's allamericanmom.net. And I love to be Facebook friends and Instagram friends and reach out and um, just communicate with other women across the the United States and wherever anybody is from though. (laughs) And so I do, um, I do speak at pregnancy loss events and then, um, I do, um, sometimes speak for events where just encouragement and funny stories from the farm, just highly relatable parenting stories. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm always available to, to just give encouragement. And, um, one of the things that I've found that people constantly say is, um, she's just real. And I know other, I know no other way to do that. I just think we should all just be real and, you know, get to sit on each other's front porches and just talk and cry and everything else together. Yeah. I love that you just said that there's been so many great things that you have talked about throughout the show. And that one is really important to be real because I think just in the culture that we're in, we have this thing where 
we have to feel like we have to put on airs or not be able to be ourselves. And I think that, you know, that is really causing a lot of anxiety in people's lives or looking at, I mean, I love when we see the real pictures on Instagram and Facebook of like, hey, here's me with no makeup and, you know, I just woke up or whatever, you know, because that's real life. And I think we need a lot more authenticity because there's so much going on in the world and the enemy is the author of lies. And so he wants to deceive and he wants to um, discourage where, you know, we are children of light and we're to be authentic like Jesus and we are to bring encouragement to other people. So you certainly are doing that. And I'll have to say this book, The Growing Season, A Year of Down on the Farm Devotions, it's so beautiful. It is such a lovely gift to give to someone also. So uh, it just, it's got a hardback and it's just, I just love it. And it just makes a perfect gift. And I don't think I told you this, but I have it in my living room where sometimes you'll put some books that are pretty. I've got, I've got your book there. <laughs> it's oh, just so thank pretty. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. And you know, it's just, and I, I would love for people to pick it up and look at it and everything because it's just so gorgeous. And I've given some as gifts already. And I just want to continue to do that because it is just so sweet. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. The publishing house sent over a beautiful cover that they had created, but it wasn't our farm. And it just, I thought all these stories are our farm. I need our farm picture to be on there. So I had sent over some pictures to them that a photographer had taken of our family at different mm -hmm. times. And so they, they managed to use all the photos that she had taken, Brittany Toomey, for the cover. And um, I told you I have four children. Uh -huh. Well, three of them, of course, were old enough when the book came out to realize that there's a book. And of course, the middle, I think the middle picture has my daughter holding eggs. Yes. Um, then there's a picture of the tiny boots, which is my oldest. Mm. And um, then on the tractor, we had to fib and tell my youngest son that that's him sitting in his daddy's lap uh -huh. when it's really my daughter. Oh. <laughs> because he wanted to know where he was in the book. <laughs> so that's our family secret that we say that's him on the cover sitting in his daddy's lap. You can kind of see it if you're looking really closely. Aww. But So I appreciate you saying that because about that authenticity, I just wanted real photos of, of our family yeah. on the farm from our stories. Oh, I really love that. But I will tell you this. We don't normally, like my daughter's holding those eggs on the cover mm -hmm. in a white dress. That's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's beautiful. And the egg is like, you know, kind of like, kind of like a robin egg blue kind of color. Yes. So pretty. they're the prettiest farm eggs. They're the prettiest farm eggs. It's a certain type of chicken. And oh. I would mispronounce it if I said it right now, <laughs> but it's a certain type of chicken that gives those blue eggs and it just makes breakfast time beautiful. <laughs> that is really awesome. And I love that we talked about the cover because I really didn't realize that that was the picture of your actual farm. And I mean, I mm -hmm. could tell it was probably your family, you know, where we see the, we see, you know, just the, your, your feet, you know, with the shoes and all of that. Um, but knowing that that is your family's tractor right there and that's the land. I just love that so much. And I'm glad that you, I, I don't want to say fought for it because I'm sure the publisher was very open to be able to do that. But sometimes authors need to really say, you know, I think this is going to be better for the book that God's given me. And 
and talk about authenticity. That is your farm. That is really sweet and how your kids are a part of it. And we won't tell your son that it's not yes. him. We're not going to tell him that. So, <laughs> and I'll have all the links in the show notes for the listener to connect with you and find your resources and find your great books. And, you know, they can reach out to you and have you come and speak because um, I just, you're just such a blessing. And I just know that they, they will be blessed to have you come. So Sarah, it's just been so great having you on and I hope to have you on again. Yes, please ask me back anytime. I'd love to come speak with okay, you. Okay, great. If there if there was one more thing that you would want uh, to say to the listener, is there anything that comes um, to mind or God has put on your heart? You know, I think going back to um, what you read aloud from the growing season about how God, when he when he put our seed in, he you know he intended us to be a pumpkin or a zinnia or whatever. And as long as we are in Christ, and that's the key words, in Christ. Mm-hmm then we're going to bloom just the way that he wants us to. And we don't have to try to force ourselves to be someone else. I know there was a so much of that hustle mentality that was going around a few years ago, especially when my books were coming out. It was, you know, the hustle um, woman and the woman who is so strong and, and fierce. And that wasn't me. <laughs> and I used to try to be, you know, try to pretend to be that because I thought that's what I needed to be yeah. to make an impression. And then I realized, no. No, God made each of us as we are. And um, our biggest impact is when we just shine the light that God has infused within us. So yeah. that's my encouragement to women. Just keep shining that light that God has infused within you because you are making a difference, whether it's, you know, just thanking the person at the checkout counter for checking you out that day or whether you're speaking on a stage, mm-hmm. no matter what, you are making a difference and shining the light of God. Thank you. That's such a beautiful, encouraging reminder. And I really keep going back to it and love how you were just emphasizing the fact that whatever kind of seed is planted, that's the kind of seed that's going to bloom. And that's really like, I hadn't really thought about that before. Obviously it, you know, it's obvious, but to think about it, how it pertains to us. And that's what we have to do. Like with God's word and everything is see like, well, how's it applicable to our lives and how is it personal to us? And I also love in some, of the things that you had written um, about, you know, when I asked some things about you on my guest information sheet, and you said that you were um, at that time feeling led to follow the verse of in first Thessalonians four eleven, I believe it was. And then to make your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands and being a stay at home mom, which is such an important fierce calling really. And so any woman out there who is, you know, maybe you're working and, or maybe you're staying at home, everything you're doing as unto the Lord is important and meaningful and purposeful. So I love how you said that. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. That's a verse for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that so much. And I'll put that in the show notes too. So friend, thank you yeah. so much. And I look forward to talking with you and seeing you again sometime um, in person. Cause that was really fun to meet up and, do you have anything kind of on the horizon that you're working on? So I, I've been kind of not doing anything and not, not, not doing anything, doing everything for <laughs> in the other parts of my life <laughs> that the writing has been kind of taken a back burner, but um, I've actually been writing some children's books and have gotten some feedback and I'm in a step of rewriting um, some of them right now. And hopefully 
I can say that there's going to be some children's books on the horizon. And that thrills me beyond belief (laughs) to be able to have um, to know that some tiny little humans are going to sit in the lap of their mom or their dad or their grandmother and read a book. (laughs) And um, so, yes, so hopefully soon, not soon, because the publishing world is so slow, as you know, (laughs) but hopefully I'll be able to announce some news soon of some children's books that are going to be making their way forward. Oh, wow. I love that so much. It's so perfect. So yeah, we'll talk more about that for sure and look forward to seeing that. And if you are listening, if you're driving, don't do it right now, but when you're back home or whatever, get onto Sarah's site and I'll have that link in the show notes and you can get connected with her so that you can be aware of updates on the books that she's got coming out and the things that she has happening. Well, thank you, friend, and God bless you and your ministry and your family, and we will talk soon. You too. Thank you so much, Doris. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope this episode really encouraged you and inspired and challenged you to step out and be who God created you to be, and the world would try to tell us that we need to compare ourselves, we need to get ahead or keep up with the Joneses and all of that. But but that's not what life's about, friend. And I love how Sarah said our biggest impact is when we just shine the light that God has infused within us. And she also said we have to stay firmly planted in Christ in our spiritual lives in order for the growth to happen. So, so good. And you will just love her books. And I did put a photo of the growing season in the show notes, and you can also find it um, wherever you buy books. And I have her allamericanmom.net link in the show notes, so you can check out her website. And it's just been such a great time chatting and just an encouragement. And um, I just love how Sarah is so transparent in sharing her story and that it will um, continue to help other people. And that's what we're called to do, share our stories, because what we've been through, someone else can relate to. And God wants us to shine our lights on that and give Him glory, because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I hope you join me next time when I chat with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.